Happy, happy, feel good Friday, everyone. It's currently February 12th, 2021. Friday morning is here. And we are here today to bring you another episode of the WPT Lifestyle Show. Now, today, we are bringing you basically like a week in review, something kind of we want to incorporate more into, whether it's current events, what's going on in the world, more sports, right? Uh, More as a, you know, a whole diverse section of our show. Uh, But before we begin, I really want to appreciate everyone who tuned in to our most recent episode of the WPT Lifestyle Show. Currently has over 1,000 views. That is awesome. I appreciate everyone, all everyone new watching or, you know, whoever tuned into the episode. I really appreciate it. Make sure you go check it out uh, on the WPT Lifestyle Show. And remember, the WPT Lifestyle Show is exclusively on Anchor.fm and YouTube. If you're interested in sponsoring the WPT Lifestyle Show, whether you or yourself is interested, you can get broadcasted to many, many people around the world. Email WPTLifestyle at gmail.com to be a sponsor of our show. Now, today, uh, you know, we, t- we talked about on Monday how the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, but they ended up having a celebration the other day. I believe it was Wednesday. Uh, and unlike, you know, what normal teams do, they normally go out on, you know, floats or, you know, some sort of vehicle around town. But obviously, uh, with the Coco going on around the world, can't really do that. So they decided to do something new. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers decided to have a boat parade, which was pretty, pretty cool to see. Uh, that's very unique. And uh, it was it was great uh, from everything that I saw, the videos and picture wise. Uh, and it looked like they had a really great time, um, you know, especially in South Florida where it's nothing but sun and water making you feel good at all times. Not too hot, not too cold, probably just the right temperature. They were turned. And speaking of turned. Tom Brady was turned. Uh, I saw the, the video of, uh, I guess, one of his friends or you know someone working for the Buccaneers literally had to help Tom Brady walk out of the boat parade. That's how hammered he was. He was literally smashed out of his mind. He later tweeted that uh, it was uh, maybe a little bit too much avocado tequila. Now, whether or not he was just making a joke about the avocado part, but we probably know he had a really good time, and people were hating on him for that. Who cares, man? Let let the man have a great time. He just won another Super Bowl, and you know, really just trying to celebrate it. Not every day has to be uh, all grinding. You know, for him, it was probably like his day off, maybe relaxing a little bit. He had a good time, especially with his friends, family, kids, all that stuff, and. You know, this man, Tom Brady, he won his seventh Super Bowl, and he has so many Lombardi trophies in his back pocket where he was on one boat, and he ended up throwing the other or the current Lombardi trophy that he just won to another boat while they were riding in the water. So they were in, in the middle of a lake, and your man, Tom Brady, just threw it <laughs> like it was a football, but a trophy. Over water, uh, I believe Gronk ended up catching that. So you can obviously uh, imagine how turnt Gronk was as well. You know, he's a party animal. I saw pictures of him and videos of he was acting a fool. But uh, to continue going on with the uh, the NFL topic, but let's let's discuss 
this Urban Myers coaching staff, and I've seen a lot of lot of controversy uh, regarding Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars coaching staff. He announced uh, the official Jacksonville Jaguars Twitter page announced his entire staff yesterday. I want to cover a few things and maybe uh, go over what to expect uh, and you know regarding some of these topics. Uh, so we know Urban Meyer is coming out of retirement two-year hiatus after leaving the the Ohio State University uh, for medical reasons. Now he's jumping into the NFL. Uh, the more you know, dominant uh, NCAA football Division One head coach that I can think of in this same position that is similar to Ermeyer is Nick Saban. That that's really the one thing that comes to mind. You're so dominant in college, and you jump to the pros. What's going to happen? So he announced his coaching staff. His assistant head coach is former Texas head coach Charlie Strong. And Charlie Strong was not outstanding uh, for the Texas Longhorns at the time. But, you know, he's going to rock with him at the assistant head coach position and the inside linebackers position. He is an offensive coordinator, Darrell Bevel, who has 21 years of experience in the NFL. Also, defensive coordinator Joe Cullens, 15 seasons in the NFL as well. Brian Schneider, the special teams coordinator, 11 seasons uh, leading the Seahawks special teams. Uh, his passing game quarter is Brian Schottenheimer, who has very, uh, you know, very well known and has a lot of recognition throughout the NFL. Currently uh, left his position or was fired uh, from the Seahawks. Uh, his DB's coach is Rutgers, uh, Chris Ash, who was the coach at Rush- Rutgers. Tyler Bowen, Bowen, tight ends coach, co-offensive coordinator at Penn State, another college guy. And then you have your another DB's coach uh, who enters his fifth season with the Jaguars, Joe Dana. So some more NFL experience. Offensive quality control, Quentin Ganther. He was the running backs coach at Weber State. So a FCS guy. Um, so another college guy. Uh, assistant linebackers coach, Tony Gilbert. Two seasons with the Jaguars. He's staying home. Offensive assistant coach, Wilg Herriger. Uh, previously with the Atlanta Falcons, spent five seasons with the Seahawks, so he has some experience with Brian Schottenheimer. Wide receivers coach Sanjay Lal has some experience in the NFL, about uh, 13, 14 seasons, all with very different teams. So an NFL guy right there, Sterling Lucas, assistant defensive line coach, spent last five seasons with the Baltimore Ravens. Defensive line coach Tosh Lupoy, previously defensive line coach with Falcons and Browns. So some more NFL guys. Uh, outside linebackers coach Zach Orr, another NFL guy. Then you have P- Bernie Parmalee, running backs coach. Previously coached the running backs for the Falcons and Raiders. Interesting. Uh, NFL, another guy. Carlos Polk, special teams assistant, NFL guy. Defensive quality control coach Patrick Riley, uh, NCAA guy, was previously at Alabama. Senior defensive assistant Bob Sutton. Previously with the Falcons, another NFL guy, uh, secondary Tim Walton, Jaguars, another guy they're keeping Jaguars. Uh, we're gonna keep this rolling, and now we're gonna jump into the sport and performance. Now, this is the big juicy one, which is causing a lot of controversy. So, Urban Meyer named his director of sport performance Chris Doyle. Now. He served as the head strength and conditioning coach for the University of Iowa from 1999 through 2019. So over 20 years right there. But here's the thing. 
Your man, Chris Doyle, was fired from Iowa last summer because of racist remarks to players and bullying players. Now, I can tell you this. Nick Saban tried his hard ass, uh, his you know that that hard ass personality that he had in college to NFL guys. That's not going to work here in the NFL. This, if you're going to continue that nonsense, those NFL guys will not allow that, and they will respect you, and they'll get your ass fired quickly. So, director of sports performance Chris Doyle, he hired uh, head of strength and conditioning coach Anthony Schlegel. Ohio State's uh, assistant director of sports performance. So another college guy, Brandon Ireland, uh, spent four seasons as the, uh, the strength and conditioning coach for the Falcons. So you got an NFL guy in there. Adam Potts, another Falcons guy. Cedric Scott, you know, you're staying with the Jaguars. So my thoughts on this, and which is causing a lot of controversy, is he hired some some a lot of vets. Right, that you know, that may ha- not have the flashy names as other teams do. On you know, his, his the can the lead both sides of the ball. But the thing is, you already have so much controversy regarding around yourself as a person because all of the antics you pulled off leaving Florida, and then you came back, went to Ohio State, did the same thing. What's going to happen when you enter the pros? These players aren't going to allow that. Now, we all know they're going to take Trevor Lawrence at one. So what's going to happen? Okay. Uh, I guarantee you they're going to try that hard-ass mentality that you would happen in college. But that's just not going to fly in the NFL. So, you know, best of luck to uh, Urban Meyer and his coaching staff. But we'll say, man, they have a tough division. Uh, fortunately enough for them, I believe Deshaun Watson should be out of there soon. But you also have Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. But you And you also have the Indianapolis Colts, young secondary, great offensive line. Uh, they're still looking for a quarterback. Okay. So things, okay, they, they could potentially work out. We'll see, though. We'll see. Uh, moving on from the NFL, let's jump into the NBA right quick. Uh, quick covering the NBA standings. We have, we're going to start from least to best. Uh, where's the best here? Uh, ranked 15th in the Eastern Conference. You have the Detroit Pistons sitting at a 6-19 who recently just traded Derrick Rose this previous week for Dennis Smith Jr. and a second-round pick from the New York Knicks. So Derrick Rose is headed back to New York. Washington Wizards, 6-16, six abysmal year for them. Bradley Beal has been off recently. Uh, and, you know, it, it just looks like you know things are not looking great for them. Uh, can they turn around? What's going to happen with Bradley Beal as we get closer to the trade deadline? We shall see. The Orlando Magic sitting at nine and seventeen. Tough, tough break for them. Uh, Nikola Vucevic will be out for a few weeks with a right ankle sprain. The young Cleveland Cavaliers, ten and sixteen. They've lost the last five games. They were at a ten and eleven, and unfortunately, they've lost the last five two. In eight in the last ten, not so good for the young Cleveland Cavaliers, but it's okay. They're they're super young. Colin Sexton's but over there, you know they have very great front court. Uh, you have Javale McGee, you have Larry Nance Jr., you also have Andre Drummond and Jarrett Allen. 
So they're, they're pretty young. The Chicago Bulls, 10-14, and 14, huge win the other night against the New Orleans Pelicans. They've won four of the last 10 games, so four and six in their last 10. They're seven games back out of the first seed. Uh, and yeah, there's there they have a pretty good uh, road record as well, sitting at six and six compared to four and eight at home. The New York Knicks, eleven and fifteen, very good start for them, but they lost the last two games to Miami Heat. Rough, rocky start for them this season, but they've won the last four games, sitting at a record of eleven and fourteen, only a half game out of that eighth seed in the playoffs. They're four and seven on the road, but seven and seven at home. The Atlanta Hawks, tough loss for them the other night against the Dallas Mavericks. Very controversial call at the end on Trey Young. Uh, we shall see, but they're also a very young team with a lot of star power. You have Trey Young, as I mentioned. You have John Collins, Herder, and you also have some very solid vets who've, who've been injured. You know, you got Rajon Rondo. Um, back there, Bogdan Bonovich as well, great shooter. Uh, what about the Charlotte Hornets? Lamelo Ball finally is getting his recognition he deserves. He's been an outstanding. Well, is he the best ball brother? Who we shall see as the as their careers continue uh, to immerse. He's he's began his journey off the bench. Finally, he's finally cracked that starting lineup. They're twelve and fourteen, sitting at the seventh seed, nine and nine on the conference, seven and seven at home, and five and seven on away. Five and five in their last ten. Uh, they, you know, if they get streaky, watch out for them. And the Raptors, what about them? A rough start for them to begin the season, but they made their way back. They're this currently the sixth best team in the Eastern Conference, sitting at twelve and fourteen. They're five and five in their last ten, and only six back of the first seed. Indianapolis or the Indiana Pacers, thirteen and thirteen, sitting at five hundred eight and seven for the conference. They've won the last game in their four of their last ten. So very rough start for them as well. Let's see what will happen. Uh, you know, as we get closer to a trade deadline, will they trade Miles Turner? We shall see. Boston Celtics, 13-11. Kimball Walker. They have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum in the crew. Uh, they've been iffy, you know, not as great as we expected to begin this season. But we should see them, you know, finally turn that star power on as we inch our way closer to all-star break. Brooklyn Nets acquiring James Harden has really done pretty well for them. They won six of their last ten games, sitting at 15-12, and 12, the third seed currently in the Eastern Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks, after a rough, rocky start, they've had a 16 and nine record, game and a half back of the first seed. They've won seven of their last ten games. In the Philadelphia 76ers, the team with the most chemistry, right? You Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, uh, you also have Joel Embiid, right? Sitting at 18 and eight, the best record in the Eastern Conference, and also, they've won seven of their last ten games. They're eleven and two at home, seven and six on the road. Now let's jump into our Western Conference standings. The Minnesota Timberwolves sitting in last place, a record of six and nineteen. They've lost eight of their last ten games and currently on a three-game losing streak. And they're also two and eleven on the road. The Oklahoma City Thunder. We expected this from them, but they've done. They've really. They turned some heads. They made some huge wins so far this season. Uh, but, you know, they just got to catch their stride, right? They're sitting at 10-14 and 14 on the season. Uh, they're four 
they've won four of their last ten games and currently have a two-game losing streak. But the Houston Rockets, currently on a four-game losing streak, they're sitting at 13th in the Western Conference, uh, 11-14, Eric Gordon, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Victor Oladipo. What's going to happen with Oladipo? Right, are they going to trade him? I believe they will, considering they've been sitting him out for the for the past few games. Uh, it, it's been a rough start, uh, you know, last few games for them. They've won five of the last ten games, so sitting at five hundred right there. But you know, in order to you know for this tough Western Conference, you got to get streaky here. Uh, so what's going to happen with them? We shall see. It's going to be tough, man. I really like that rookie uh, Tate, Jay Sean Tate. Uh, he played last year in the Australian Basketball League. And he has done, I, I really like his play, you know, super athletic, uh, you know, stretch four, you can put him at the three or even the two, very, very, uh, you know, good guy to, uh, to play. Um, and then we have the Pelicans, 11 and 13, they've won six of their last 10 games, but the struggle is on the road. They're four and eight on the road and seven and five at home. Just uh, two games back out of that eighth seed. But in this tough Western Conference, you lose another game and you're sitting in second to last place. So you got to keep on winning these games in order to be great. The Dallas Mavericks, who will be facing the New Orleans Pelicans tonight, they're sitting right above them at 12 and 14. They've won that big game the other night on uh, ESPN against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, They've won three games in a row. And they've won four of their last ten games, so they were a little off, right? They had a lot of you know losses um, in the past few weeks, but you know we shall see what's going to happen with them next. The Sacramento Kings, very young squad, head coached by Luke Walton. They've won seven of the past ten games, sitting at 512-12 record. Memphis Grizzlies, another very young squad, sitting at ten and ten. They've won six of the last ten games. The Warriors. Uh, sitting at 14 and 12, which is very surprising. Uh, Steph Curry is there, you know, doing his thing as usual. But, you know, Draymond Green not scoring many points. You don't have Klay Thompson this year. They won six of their last 10 games, which is great. Denver Nuggets not doing as great as is expected. 13 and 11. They've won six in the last 10 games as well. But you can just see this Western Conference is just so tough. San Antonio Spurs doing very well as well, per usual, 14-11. They've won six of the last 10 games as well, uh, 7-8 at home, but the record is 7-3 on the road. The Portland Trailblazers, 14-10, sitting in that fifth spot in the Western Conference, won their last two games, won six of the last 10. Uh, Phoenix Suns, head coach by Monty Williams. Chris Paul has really done this team its justice. Uh, they've won seven of the last ten games and currently sitting on a four-game winning streak. Very nice by the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul, uh, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, and crew. Los Angeles Clippers, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Paul George. Won six of the last ten, sitting at the third spot, 18-8 record. The Los Angeles Lakers, 20-6. Won eight of the last ten games. Currently on a six-game winning streak. And this is the biggest surprise of the year. You have the number one team in the NBA. You have the Utah Jazz sitting at 20-5. and Won the last nine out of ten games with a five-game winning streak. Holy cow. Donovan Mitchell, what is in your blood, my friend? Rudy Gobert as well. Holy goodness. Uh, you know, what a surprise by them. Uh, you know they're they've done a very very great job so far this year. But let's jump into these as uh, as we stay on the um, 
the NBA topic. It's you know it's almost All Star break, so the All Star game is getting closer to uh, beginning. And here is your leaders. We're gonna go over the top three on each side of the ball. Uh, so currently, you have LeBron James front court, four point three million votes. And then you have the second one supposed to be starting Nikola Jokic, three million votes, and then you also have Kawhi Leonard. At 2.4 million votes right there. That's looking like the starters. In my opinion, the three best uh, front court players in the Western Conference. Then on the guard side, you also have Stephen Curry, 4 million votes. And Luka Doncic at 2.4 million votes. Now this third one's Damian Lillard, 2 million votes. And there's a huge gap in between. Damian Lillard's 2 million. And then you have Donovan Mitchell at 4, 479,000. And I think, uh, you know, 2 through 4 could be swapped out a little bit. Um, but we shall see over the next few weeks and before the All-Star teams are finalized. Eastern Conference, once again, Kevin Durant uh, leading the front court, 4.2 million votes. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 3.2 million votes. And Joel Embiid, 3 million votes. And, you know, like I said, the front court – it's pretty much guaranteed that these three guys are going to win it. Um, you know, these three are the best front court players and the most popular in the Eastern Conference. And then for Garja, Bradley Beal has been balling this year, 2.5 million votes. Kyrie Irving, 2.1 mil. And then James Harden at 1.8 million. Uh, and then uh, from there, I mean, you have a few other guys down below uh, who really could make that case for the third spot. Uh, between Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Trey Young, um, you know, I think that that's a toss-up right there. So as we go uh, over from the N- uh, NBA, let's let's discuss. Let's go back into the NFL picture and let's discuss the Saints' calorie, salary cap um, situation. So the Saints are currently about a hundred and s- I believe hundred ninety. Or somewhere between or ninety to one hundred ninety uh, million dollars uh, in cat cap debt, basically. And so, in order for them to not go into the luxury tax next season um, and actually do something in the off season, it needs to be a lot of moves to be made. So we saw they um, they that uh, the Saints and Drew Brees they dropped the salary cap for him. Um, from I believe about 24 to the minimum, which is uh, one, one million, and they've done that before uh, the June 2nd deadline. Uh, so in order for them to do that, they need to keep uh, keep Breeze on the roster until June 2nd to keep the 11.5 million dollar in bonus proration relating uh, to his voiding of the 2022 and 2023 contract years. Um, you know, from that being a 2021 cap charge. That makes sense. Um, so they're doing that, and we all know that Drew's gonna retire. He's just making waiting for his announcements. So I I assume he just wants to wait as long as possible, so he doesn't have to work uh, his job at NBC, which he signed a contract for. So as soon as he retires, he has to jump into that. Now, some you know some other tough decisions that the Saints are gonna have to make, right? Um, you know, it, it sucks, man. You have all these young guys, right? Um, you you drafted, you have you had great, great, great drafts. Um, but you know, they end up being star players or players and you know, the players want to get what they are worth. And in order to do that, you got to pay them a lot of money, but sometimes you can't pay every player as much as you want. 
that's that's you know just the outcome of the game and it, it just shows you've done a great job and so for that in return you want to try and get some pieces for these young guys just so you can get something uh return on your investment uh, so the Saints traded for Quan Alexander, a linebacker, last season for Kiko Alex- Alonzo, um, and he ended up being cut from the 49ers. So it was basically a steal uh, for, for the Saints. But Quan Alexander ended up uh, tearing his Achilles late in the season. Uh, so what's going to happen for him? Uh, you know, he's guaranteed $13.4 million uh, next season. The Saints just can't afford that, uh, especially for a linebacker um, of his caliber. So he's going to end up probably taking that cut uh, as well as, you know, Jared Cook. You know, Jared Cook will probably have to be released as well. Uh, I'd expect this because you have a young tight end ready to rock and roll, great blocker, great receiver as well with Adam Troutman who – you know, really did well late in the season, made some big strides throughout the year. I think he's ready uh, to be that starting tight end. Um, and especially if you're on the hook for Jerry Cook of $8 million next year, yeah, you just don't have that. Um, you know, releasing him by March 18th, it's going to create $9.1 million of cap space, which you will need. Uh, Janoris Jenkins, you know, great you know, opposite side corner of Marshawn Lattimore. He's due $11.2 million next year. So, uh, you know, even though only 1.2 is guaranteed uh, for his salary next season, uh, so if you release him, you know, you'd only cut that. And uh, $14.2 million cap space uh, are luxuries the Saints probably can't afford. So you part ways with Janoris Jenkins, you free up about $7 million of cap space. You can always draft another guy, uh, you know, finding that number two corner spot or, you know, look for a trade somewhere else, um, you know, or, you know, you also have some you know, breathing room. You have P.J. Williams. You have uh, Chauncey Garner-Johnson as well um, to help you out. But, you know, probably with them, part ways with Janoris Jenkins, you can look for another cornerback in the draft, and, you you know, you really have some help back there with Marshawn Linemore, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, and P.J. Williams. Uh, and then you also have, uh, you know, your backup guard, basically, um, that they signed a few years back, Nick Easton. Uh, he's due $6.5 million next year, and, you know, that's just too much uh for a backup right uh especially you know when a year like this they they literally have to penny pinch um as much as possible his departure is going to create about 5.8 million dollars of cash space and then you can also get rid of malcolm brown who only played 33 percent of the defensive snap snaps uh this past season for the saints uh, and then you're going to have to work some space. You know, I, I really think Emmanuel Sanders likes being here with the Saints. You're going to have to restructure his deal, um, you know, in order to make this work. And you also have uh, 2020 undrafted free agent punter Blake Gillikin, who basically they put him on the uh, injured reserve list as a redshirt year as a punter, but they liked him so much. Um, and Thomas Morstead is due $2.8 million next season. Um, you know, especially for a season like Thomas Morrison had this prior season. Yeah, uh, I think they're going to cut ways, you know, cut ties with Thomas Morrison and officially get rid of every member um, that was on the Super Bowl run team. So long, Thomas Morrison and then Latavius Murray will probably have to be uh, restructured as well. 
Um, Cam Jordan also going to have to be restructured. Uh, he he's due a hefty amount. Um, you know he's getting twelve point seven million. I think you know Cam Jordan is a New Orleans guy. He wants to be here. Um, you know they can find ways to incorporate that into you know signing bonuses and things like that. But they're going to have to restructure that deal as long along with Michael Thomas. He signed that huge deal. But for a season like last year, I know you were hurt, my friend. I know you were hurt. Um, but in order to make the roster work, they're going to have to do something with this contract, considering it's the largest on the team. Um, you know, trading him probably isn't the option option right there because then you would give you know twenty million dollars in dead money. Um, when his cap in the 2021 season is 18.8 million, so there's no point in trading him uh, this upcoming season because you'll be losing even more money um, than what you don't have. And obviously, as I mentioned before, you probably create that into a signing bonus of some sort, or add in another year at the end of the contract somewhere. You know, Mickey Loomis has knows how to do his thing. Maybe you can trade uh, Andrews Pete who signed also a crazy deal last year, which is unexpected. Um, yeah, he's, he's due a lot of money. Uh, somehow they're going to have to restructure that because you have two young guys that are one of the best at their positions each, right? You have Marshawn Lattimore, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, and you also have Ryan Ramchap, who could you can argue is one of the best offensive tackles. Uh, these two positions, they're hard, hard to, to find. Especially when you look at the history of you know tough times the Saints had at cornerback through all the years, yeah, it's been brutal. Um, a guy like Marshawn Lattimore, you cannot afford to lose. You're gonna have to find a way to work something out with him. Um, you know they're both on their final year of their rookie deal, so you're gonna really look for a contract extension here uh, in the next few months um, for both. Right? Obviously, you can uh, franchise tag one of them, but Either way, you're, you're going to have to end up paying them eventually, uh, especially Ramchek. Ramchek's, you know, the, I think, in my opinion, the best offensive tackle on the Saints roster when you have Teron Armstead to the left of him. And Teron Armstead is on the final year of his deal. So you lock up Ryan Ramchek, um, then, you you know, Teron Armstead, uh, you know, may not, may not be in the future after this upcoming season. So, which would be pretty good. So you need to uh, do that too as well. Sheldon Rampkins, you need him on the team. Very great defensive tackle. And Ramchek's going to be looking for insane money. So if you do all of those things, as I mentioned, uh, the Saints should have no worries. And plus, be, be you know, don't be surprised if they do end up making some crazy deals in free agency um, or even you know by the trade deadline it's gonna be crazy now you know plus we gotta worry about that quarterback situation what's gonna happen with that in my opinion it's gonna be Jameis Winston you you can't trade for you know one of these young quarterbacks because they are going for so much we saw what uh, the the Los Angeles Rams paid for Matt Stafford you know uh, you know to give away Jared Goff multiple first round picks uh that you know that had to happen there so yeah the sean watson watson rumors to the new orleans saints throw that out the picture right now because that is not going to happen 
So as we stay in New Orleans, the upcoming few days, normally around this time, it would be in Mardi Gras season, right? We're currently out there uh, with Tuesday officially being Mardi Gras. Now, let me give you a hot take here that a lot of New Orleanians and, you know, maybe out-of-towners may not like, but this is my opinion. Once again, this is the WT Lifestyle Show. All views and opinions are my own. Uh, you have your views and opinions, and uh, and I have mine. And before I even say that, the Texans are releasing J.J. Watt. Holy cow. Wow. J.J. Watt. <laughs> wow that's crazy all right then well that was unexpected jj watt is no longer a member of the houston texans one of the the most loved houston athletes of all time is no longer there oh my goodness wow all right then um but let me go back into this mardi gras talk so in my opinion mardi gras is probably one of the most overrated holidays of all time why is that? Well, what's the point? What it, what what truly is the point of Mardi Gras? Let me ask you this. You know, last year uh, they had Mardi Gras during the time before the whole uh, Coco uh, outbreak happened. Maybe it was because of that. I don't know. Obviously, it's a huge thing for you know uh, New Orleans businesses and you know hospitality industry. Uh, you 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 gather a lot of visitors, things like that. But you know, for me personally, I don't see the point of it. Right? What's the point of having that holiday? It's just overrated, in my opinion. Um, it's just an excuse for people to just drink alcohol. Not my thing. Not my thing. Don't enjoy it at all. Um, yeah. It's a waste of money too. I, what what is like obviously you know it's experience, but why would someone want to just throw away, no pun intended, hundreds maybe thousands of dollars you know by participating in this and just throwing stuff? Like I said, it, it it's a thing for people to just have an excuse to just drink an absurd amount of alcohol, right? Isn't that the case? <laughs> like, isn't that the case for, uh, you know, for a lot of things? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but let me know in the comments down below what are your thoughts on it. Or, you know, if you never heard of it, maybe look into it a lot. Um, you know, for me, you know, as an introvert, as an extrovert, no, what am I? As an introverted extrovert, is that if that makes sense? Mardi Gras is just not my cup of tea. Not my cup of tea at all. Not enjoyable. Don't enjoy it. Um, I'd rather be doing a lot of other things uh, because it's not a very great usage of my time. That's for sure. And for me personally, I like taking advantage of every single second of my day in order to really, you know, at the end of the day, understand like, wow, you know, I accomplished a lot today. Uh, that's just my mindset for things like that. So, that is my opinion on that topic. Um, you know, as we stay on the current events uh, of outside of sports and fitness and things like that. What about this crazy ice storm that just happened um, out in Dallas? More than 130 cars involved uh, yesterday, and the deadly fourth worth uh, pileup in Texas. Um, obviously, ice played a huge condition. 
um, in that role. Um, you know, multiple fatalities, temperatures in the 20s, you know, ice uh, with, you know, rainfall, um, you know, especially at night, you're, you're not able to see the black ice that's on the road. And once you, yeah, you don't see it, right? Because you're going, you know, say 50 miles an hour on a, on a highway. You, you're not going to be able to stop because you're just, you stop and you're just going to slide. <laughs> and and it, it's crazy to see, you know, at least 75 vehicles involved in this pileup that happened yesterday. Um, on Interstate 35 in Fort Worth, Texas, um, multiple fatalities um, in this ha- in this you know this crazy uh, event that happened. Six people killed. Uh, it's crazy to see, man, it, and it sucks. Especially in the South, you're not used to that condition. Um, so just listen to you know your experts, you know your 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 government officials, your your weather officials. If it's if it's icy outside, man, you don't want to mess around with that. Especially, you're not used to driving in that in that kind of thing. Um, you know, if you're in the south and you know you you're you're beginning to see uh, some icy conditions this weekend, please be careful. Stay at home. Don't do anything stupid. You know, make sure you, you know you're you're taking care of yourself as well. Um, because you know, it's no joke, right? It's, it's literally impossible. Unlike the North where, you know, you, you have these, uh, big equipment, uh, you know, vehicles where they, you know, the local government, they, they purchase these big, uh, salt vehicles where they just pour salt on the roads all throughout the, you know, the winter where in the South, you don't need that, right? You know, um, you know, they're not, they don't, they won't want to, purchase that large of equipment and you know that that cost effective if they're only going to use it once maybe twice a winter whereas the in the north you know you're using that thing every day so it's you know worth the investment but for them it, it's not worth it so they're not going to buy it uh so you know just remember um if it's icy drive slow drive careful or you know stay at home um you know Try your best to avoid highways, avoid uh, busy intersections and things like that. Make sure you're you're staying safe and, you know, uh, staying alive. That's the best part. Um, so once again, thoughts and prayers are with those who've lost their lives yesterday uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area um, due to this insane crash that happened um, yesterday. All right, more news here today. Uh, we're let's let's jump into some baseball talk. We never jumped into the baseball talk here. Uh, this is gonna be the first time, okay? Uh, so here here's the big baseball news that I'm gonna talk about today. We're talking Trevor Bauer, right? The NL Cy Young winner from the 2020 season, the shortened season. He won it. He had a great year. Multiple, uh, you know, maybe. 10 to 12 strikeouts per game insane number um yeah to the dodgers he has the highest aav which is the highest contract per year at his position and history of baseball um i believe he signed like a four-year or a three-year 100 and 
um, something million dollar contract this year. He's making like over 40 mil um, and he has different opt out clauses and things like that that can happen uh, in the next few years. But he's joining a team that just won the World Series, right? He's joining a pitching rotation that is insane, packed with young guys. Um, I know his belief where he wanted to, you know, pitch every four days I, with this team, you don't need to, right? We have Clayton Kershaw, you have um, Price. You have um, you have Walker Bueller. You have Tony Gonsolin, who had a great uh, rookie season. You have Dustin May. You have Julio Urias. Right, that it's just stacked, man. That 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 pitching staff in the rotation is insane. Uh, and plus, you have a you know you have, you're playing in a great ballpark, um, a Dodger Stadium. He's back home where he played his college ball. Um, and you know, it, it, it just, everything worked out for him. Great. And he has a, he has a great offensive lineup, Mookie Betts, uh, Cody Bellinger, right? Maybe Dustin Turner. I believe he'll, he'll resign there. Uh, Will Smith, young catcher who's, you know, starting to make his name out there a little bit more. Um, yeah, it's going to be a great, great year, uh, for Trevor Bauer and the LA Dodgers. And I wouldn't be surprised if they began to make some sort of dynasty here. (laughs) Watch out for that because I wouldn't be surprised if the Los Angeles Dodgers win the next (laughs) few years in the world series. And it's not even going to be close, man. These, these smaller teams, uh, you know, they're, they're not willing to spend the money. Well, of course you're not because you don't want to, so you're not going to win. The freaking Pittsburgh Pirates, their entire staff's payroll is $30 million next year. $30 million. I've never heard of that in any professional sport. At least try. Trevor Bauer's making $40 million next season. His 2021 salary is going to be more than the Pittsburgh Pirates' entire team. Of course you're not going to do great. Of course you're not going to win. Of course you're not going to have fans at games because your team sucks. <laughs> it's crazy. Now, the MLB starts its season uh, in 50 days. In less than 50 days, uh, you know, they're, they're planning on having 162 full game season. Um, but they're not bringing back the universal DH, which is very controversial. A lot of people didn't like that. Who wants to see pitchers hit? Not me. Um, having that extra guy that can hit dingers, uh, that's just the best part about the game, man. Um, you know, it, it makes it fun and electrifying as well. They begin reporting to spring training next week, and it's already here. It feels like the season just ended. So it's going to be crazy, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Let's see what ends up happening uh, this upcoming season. And let's hope, man, you're able to fill the, fill the stands with the fans. Uh, throughout the year because, uh, you know, these teams, these business owners, you know, these um, these players, they deserve it, especially if you can have minor league seasons. Um, yeah, they they deserve that, man, for sure. Definitely, definitely, definitely deserve that. And so here here's one thing that caught my eye yesterday on Twitter. Um, so the MLB official, official page uh, tweeted out, uh, this account named Baseball Pro, not verified, has a hundred and over a hundred thousand uh, followers on it on Twitter. So they released this. the 
these standings uh, that they released. So the New York Yankees, 97-65. We shall see because we all know that Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge, they, they get hurt every single year. Uh, the pitching staff is up in the air. Um, yeah, I mean, you have young guys, but besides J- uh, Garrett Cole, what pitchers do you have that have posting experience? None. We shall see. The reigning... American League champions, the Tampa Bay Rays, finishing at 86 and 76. Okay, that's fair. Toronto, 85 and 77. Once again, uh, those those three teams are going to be tossed up. Um, Boston, uh, you know, we shall see with them. If they're hot, they're hot. If not, they're going to be ice cold. Uh, they're projecting them at 80-82, and then we need the Baltimore Orioles, 66 wins. I believe I think they're going to win more than 66. Then you have the Minnesota Twins, ninety-one and seventy-one. Interesting. Uh, they were great last year, but you know these young guys with the Chicago White Sox, Jose Abreu, Luis Robert, Moncada, Tim Anderson. I think they're going to have a you know a very great fight looking for that number one, uh, you know, the division win, and that division. Uh, and then you have also the the American League West of the Houston Astros finishing at ninety three and sixty nine. Once again, man, I, I just don't see the Houston Astros winning uh, this many games. Um, you know, you don't have that. You know, you don't have uh, Garrett Cole or not Garrett Cole. You don't have George Springer in the lineup anymore. Um, it's gonna be tough for them. Uh, it doesn't look like they're gonna sign Jackie Bradley Jr. to replace him. So who knows what's gonna happen in that outfield spot. Uh, you know this division is also a toss up. I don't see the Angels contending for it. I, I, I can see the A's winning this division to be honest. But you know, in the near future, we'll come out with a uh, with a MLB prediction video. Then let's we'll jump into the National League. Wow, they have the New York Mets finishing at ninety six and sixty six. I know they had a very great off season. Um, but I, I just don't see it because you have the Atlanta Braves who made also made some great moves, added Charlie Morton to its pitching staff, already great pitching staff. Um, kept you know same you know the same lineup as last year, and you, you know you still have those young guys coming up from you know the minors, and you know you gotta have a strong bench. I don't see the Atlanta Braves finishing at fourth behind the Phillies and the Nationals. I, I can see the Braves and Mets really fighting for that for that first spot. You know, both with over ninety wins. And then you have the NL Central. They predicted the Milwaukee Brewers, 89 and 73, winning this thing. I don't see the St. Louis Cardinals not winning this thing, considering they just picked up Nolan Arredondo. They have a lot of young pieces as well. I, I just don't see the Milwaukee Brewers finishing first and St. Louis third. And they predicted the Cubs to go finish second. That's not happening, champ. Uh, that is not happening. They're going to have a very, very tough season. And then we all know uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. I think they might make a push for the best record in MLB history, to be honest with you. Uh, but they projected the Dodgers to finish at 103-59. and 59. The San Diego Padres right behind them at 96-66. and 66, uh, With the Colorado Rockies finishing with the worst record in Major League Baseball with a record of 60-100. and 102 losses. Wow. Would suck to be a Colorado Rockies fan, that's for sure. But this is very interesting. Um, I just wanted to share uh, that, and just in case you didn't see it, um, and, and you know, in, in the near future, as we get closer to the season, we'll make our full predictions and then see what happens um, at the end of it, uh, of, the, of the next season. 
but as we discussed today, man, um, you know, it, it's going to be a great overall uh, year. You know, hopefully everything goes right. You know, we begin seeing, you know, fully packed stands later in the season uh, for the NBA, uh, the MLB. You're allowing multiple thousands of fans. Hopefully there uh, we saw they had a lot of people at the World Series. So, you know, if they could do that back then, what, what are the, what's going to happen now? Um, that'd be great to see if they can have some more people in the stands uh, to fill those stadiums up uh we know that toronto still cannot play in toronto so they'll be still playing in buffalo as of now um and yeah uh you know what's to expect with the nba uh you know we'll see if you know the uh the los angeles lakers can jump the utah jazz and we know anthony davis has been hurt for the past few weeks you know, can they make that push for that first seed? Uh, it's going to be neck and neck right there. We know the Western Conference is very locked from top to literally the 14th position. Um, you know, just that that one spot where the Minnesota Timberwolves are. There were only won six games um, on that spot. But, you know, from 1 to 14, it's basically a toss-up. Any of those teams can make the playoffs this year. And what's going to happen with Bradley Beal and the Washington Wizards? What's going to happen? Uh, we know we just found out that JJ Watt just been released from the Houston Texans. Man, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he lands in Pittsburgh with his younger brother TJ Watt, um, who's been a, a force right there. But who, who, what's gonna happen with JJ Watt? Where is he gonna go? Hopefully, it's gonna be to a great team. Um, of course, you know, great guy, great locker room guy, great on the field player and off the field person as well. So I hope you guys did enjoy another episode of the WPT Lifestyle Show. This one is pushing one hour. Holy cow. We had a lot of fun today. We had a lot of fun discussing current events and everything like this. So I really enjoyed this format as well. We'll throw this in here as often as possible, really discussing uh, you know, more news, events, current lifestyle, things like that uh, as more things pop up right if it's a slow week it's very hard to talk about things like this and then you know as as things get closer uh to you know mlb season we'll have more content to discuss as well as we get more into the uh the nfl uh, free agency period and then the draft and then the draft as well uh so yeah and then you know the nba trade deadline is almost here so big moves are going to be making its way closer and closer and day by day uh so once again i appreciate y'all watching the wpt lifestyle show check out all the links out in the description box down below visit wptlifestyle.com don't forget to like comment and subscribe hit that red subscribe button if you're watching on youtube it is free it is free to subscribe. Please hit that subscribe button. Let's push this channel to well over a thousand subscribers. Okay, if you're interested in being a sponsor of the WPT Lifestyle Show, email wptlifestylegmail.com and then we can make that happen for you. So until next time, my name's Wes, and I'm here today representing the WPT Lifestyle Show. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see y'all on Monday.